I feel like, yes, I, I'm not alone. Like our community is so strong and so powerful and really, you know, supportive. That means I'm, I'm so blessed and happy to be in this community. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Baladance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladance art form. Plus, I really like like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Jelena and Baladance Evolution are back, taking their show and programs across the globe. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much the experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Audition for Jelena's latest production and join Jungle Book cast. All details at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. Strength and support. That's what we need when we are going through any kind of tough situations. A little bit of strength in ourselves to be able to go through and hopefully a little bit support from outside to help us to be strong and keep going. And I'm very grateful that our today's guest, Alisa Gurova, shared her story, which definitely reflects both sides of this struggle. Alisa Gurova is a professional fusion dancer with a master degree in contemporary dance from the College of Arts in Kyiv, Ukraine. Her performances combine fusion ballet dance and contemporary dance with ballet. This has led her to winning the challenge in the Ukrainian International Competition for Contemporary Jazz in 2015 and 16 and winning Miss Ballet Dance Ukraine in 2010. Her expertise is well known as she has been asked to judge the Let's Dance Festival in Prague 2016, the Ballet Dance Festivals in Ukraine, as well as many other countries. In our today's uh, episode, we talked about current situation in Ukraine, Alisa's story of fleeing the war in Ukraine and being robbed on the first day in Spain, the first day of her arrival to Spain, which just by listening to this crazy story, you will be wondering, like, oh my god, how many, how much strength and nerves someone needs to have to go through it. And at the same time, share an incredible story of how our belly dance community stepped up and helped and supported Alisa in that very tough moment of her life. We also talked about processing the hardship of the current situation through dance and how outside world influence our inner state and our ability to dance and sometimes how the opposite goes our ability or necessity to dance influence our state and vice versa we also talked uh, in general about alisa's dance story and not only belly dance or fusion dance story but also contemporary and jazz uh, story and journey of hers she talked about the necessity of professional higher education for ballet dancers, if she thinks it's necessary or not, what kind, for what reasons, etc. We also talked about her experience in contemporary jazz and how 
While being primarily a belly dancer, she went to university, had training in different styles and actually won some of the big competitions in styles that are not her major styles. And we also had an interesting, insightful discussion about terminology in the dance world, about specifically tribal world or tribal fusion, or fusion or experimental or whichever different names, the evolution of term, why, what it means, and the necessity of this kind of discussions in general. So, lots of stuff uh, in general about dance, in particularly about current uh, life, uh, but as I started this introduction, I hope that this story, listening to this interview, will also inspire you to keep going, staying strong, because all of us have our own tough situations, regardless what it is. Everyone will have something that they went through, or maybe right now going through, so I wish you to be strong, I wish you to take care of yourself, and I wish you not to lose hope in other people and in community and believe in kindness and support of uh, people who surround you. Have you ever considered adding a fitness element to your ballet dance classes? This can significantly help you to get more students through the door and, most importantly, retain them and earn more money. Check out Sharky the Belly Dance Workout. The founder of the system, Orid, shares how teaching belly dance fitness transformed her own career in a way no performance opportunities ever could. In her course, you will receive tips on how to teach and get ready for the class, including ready-made class choreos, as well as useful insights on business aspect of this activity. Join Sharky's three-month instructor academy that features an online course, weekly coaching sessions, and business training. You leave with razor-sharp teaching skills and best practices for your teaching business. Enrollment is now open for the next Sharky Instructor Academy beginning January 2nd. Apply at sharky.com teach. It's S-H-A-R-Q-U-I dot com slash teach, direct link in the show notes. Hello, dear Alisa. Uh, welcome to the Belly Dance Life podcast. I'm really happy to see you. I'm happy that you agreed to participate, regardless of what is going on right now exactly in the world, in Ukraine. I know it's very tough, but thank you so much for being here. And I really appreciate you agreeing to uh spend this time talking about life dance life dance in general etc really happy to see you of course thank you so much for inviting me jana it's actually an honor <laughs> thank you i would like to start our conversation of course asking how are you right now this is the question we definitely can't ignore so i guess let's start with it right away i know that for all Ukrainians, for all Ukrainian dancers, last seven, eight months, it's quite extraordinary, but not in a good sense, <laughs> extraordinary time, and that definitely influences uh, your life and your dance life, so yes. how are you, how you, I don't know if the question how you feel <laughs> is really much appropriate or many options that you can uh, answer it, but uh, how are you doing? Uh, well, we're having an interview on 
11th and I was it I'm feeling not so good mentally uh, I will be honest because as you know we had a really bad days in Ukraine right now and but I try my best to hold myself together but I think all Ukrainians will understand me that it's a really harsh time uh, even if you're physically safe uh, I'm not feeling really, you know, I'm feeling actually really sad inside, but I really hope it's like everything, I know that everything's going to be good. Uh, I just want to, the war be over as soon as possible. And so we could come back to our, you know, daily happy life without these horrible things. And as far as I know, you are uh, you in Spain right now, and uh, you had quite uh, adventures. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it. Up to you, but you had quite an adventures even leaving Ukraine. And again, I'm using all these words, you know, extraordinary adventures, but they're really not in a good sense, uh, really good meaning there. And I also know that with those um, struggles and difficulties, there was also part of the story that Belladon's community was involved. So uh, yes. if you don't mind sharing your experience of uh, how it was living in Ukraine, I know it was uh, very not straightforward and um, how those events were developing. Yes. So uh, on the second day of war, my father uh, told me and my mom, just get into your car and leave because uh, it was quite um, like we we couldn't understand how the situation will develop, especially when um, the Russian army was going closer to Kiev, to Kiev region, and um, like there was no clarity what will happening and our fa father forced us to get into the car we just packed and we had like 10 minutes because actually his friend was leaving also the uh, also leaving Kiev in his car and our father wanted to be you know together mm -hmm. and we packed uh, very fast and get into the car and I was driving because my mom was so stressed that her hands were shaking she couldn't like she couldn't think like and see properly she was so in shock and I was driving I remember that I was also very very I felt a real terror inside of me because I saw the tanks I saw you know military equipments and everything armies soldiers and it was very painful for me to see my beloved city my beloved streets that I was basically driving yesterday the same streets in my car and right now they're like all in tanks. Uh, I, I was hearing the jets, like military jets flying and I was so scared but I try, you know, not to show it because my mom was even more stressed so we could somehow keep our spirits high. But it took, like honestly, to go to Spain, it took uh 10 days of driving and i was basically driving uh we stopped um, thanks god i have um a huge dance community and not only in belly dance but in contemporary and ballet and i contacted 
my friends, they actually all contacted me, like, what's going on? Do you need help? And I stayed in Italy with my friend, and I stayed in France and in Austria. That's the stops that we had. But honestly, this road was a real horror for me because, for example, in in Ukraine, we couldn't leave Kiev in, in one day. We just stopped in my mother's friend's country house because the traffic was huge and we couldn't reach uh, the border uh, for three days again because of the traffic, because of the panic. Um, and we, 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 we were thinking like maybe we're going to stay in Lviv or in the west side of Ukraine, but our father, no, you have to drive to Spain because we actually, uh, we have like a, an opportunity to stay in Spain. So uh, I was driving for 10 days and on the last day when we crossed uh, a border with like French and Spanish, I was so relaxed. I was like, oh, finally, like Spain, because for us it's like a a second home. And then, you know, the car stopped us and we were so naive because we thought, oh, there maybe they want to help us because the guy actually who stopped us, he said, you have some problems with your car, get out and I will show you. And we, I, I, I like, we didn't know that it's very common in Spain, in on Spain roads. And this guy saw that we had Ukrainian numbers and he thought like, okay, they are refugees. They have everything with them. And he just, get out of the car, we'll show you, you have some problems with the tires. And we went out and then I think there was another guy who, while we were out of the car, he grabbed all our bags in the car and ran away because this guy who was showing us like there are some problems that we didn't have problems he said like oh wait wait i'm going to ask for the help and he jumped into his car and drew away so fast and we were like standing and i was i was really naive i was talking to my mom oh maybe he will um you know come back with the help and then my mom opened the car and the door of the car and she said oh elisa our bags like everything is gone and only my phone survived because it was covered with code because I was driving with the GPS and everything gone. All the passports, all the passports, all the credit cards, all the money that we had because our father gave us um, um, cash for, you know, living somehow for several years. So it was a huge amount, actually. And... Um, yeah, everything, driver license, um, all the documents for the car. And I just called, you know, I, w- I, I get into the car, I started to drive again, and I called my friend, Spanish friend, and I said, I don't know what to do, really. I don't know. I just, it's just, we have nothing. We have nothing right now. And she said, go into the police station. So that's, yeah, the, the story is really terrible. And then I read that the many Ukrainians people actually experience it unfortunately, on the road, Spanish road. And thanks to Belly Dance community and Keishi Chai, she organized a fundraiser, which really helped us with my mom because our all the cars were blocked. We asked our father to block our cars. And during like four or five months, 
we couldn't unblock them because they actually asked us in Kiev to come personally to unblock the car cards. Yes, it's the problem. Like we cannot un unblock. You have to be like present there. <laughs> so thanks to Belidan's community, we could really you know buy food and do stuff because everything we were like you know no documents. We couldn't open anything. No, nothing like. But yeah, it was quite an experience. I remember following back then the stories, uh, like uh, briefly, just because there was so much stuff going on, but also have like seen like this shocking uh, story and experience, like after going after all these struggles of war, I still been worried. It's first uh, those ten days where like they are terrible every day since then <laughs> but uh, the first 10 days or first months was also like super shocking for everyone so it was even extra layer can't really say that it's not shocking these days uh, <laughs> anymore but it's still it's it's different experience and uh, also realizing oh my god like going through all this ordeal of 10 days trying to get somewhere in this shock uh, state and then also being robbed and left without anything it's a miracle you had a phone it's a miracle uh somehow it survived because otherwise i even assume like how would you even drive you know like where to drive in a different country in a, not knowing the places uh, uh, not able to call or contact anyone uh, that that's really terrible and i also remember those uh, community the belly dance community like trying to gather and uh, and help and uh, that's why i also brought the story that uh, it's uh, in the world that we often feel these days apart it's uh, very cool to stand with and kind of hold on to situations that we do feel it's a community <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I just wanted to say that actually I had tears in my eyes because everyone like uh everyone basically helped me like with a small amount and I'm still thank thankful like I'm I have no words because uh I felt really uncomfortable, you know, to have this money from fundraiser because I feel like, oh, no, no, how I could do. But Keishi Chai just said, no, you have to, like, how are you going to live? And many people, many who I actually worship, for example, Rachel Bryce, she helped me a lot. And yes, like many, many people and from belly dance community. And I feel like, yes, I, I'm not alone. Like our community is so strong and so powerful and really, you know, supportive. That means I'm I'm so blessed and happy to be in this community. I know that currently you start uh, you you're back to like active or more or less active dancing, and you even start teaching classes in Spain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how was that yeah. experience of starting dance activities in a new? foreign country or I don't know how much you were already familiar with Spain mm -hmm. but it's still different than start working on a regular basis in Spain so how yes. was that experience for you uh, so first of all uh, I'm learning Spanish I'm still learning so I'm teaching classes mostly in English but you know I have thanks God I have students 
who understand English, but sometimes I can add some Spanish or they can ask me questions in Spanish and I can reply them in English. But, like we both can understand each other. But it was, um, I would say it was pretty easy to start to do uh, classes because uh, so, like uh, belly dance community, like fusion belly dance community, they knew me and like I just made a post like, hey, I'm going to have a workshop here and maybe a regular classes and they, yes, yes, we're so excited. So please do it because where I live in Alicante, there is no fusion belly dance. There's only ATS, Fed Chance belly dance style. And they were pretty happy and this community is really friendly. And uh, I felt honestly for like for the many, many months again, like, oh, I have students. I have this community. I have this small family here. And I was invited by... Um, by the uh, dance studio owner, director, um, to teach ballet classes to her students um, because I have a strong ballet, like classical background. I studied ballet since I was 14 and um, I like I have master degree from College of Art in Kiev and we used to have many, many ballet classes for four years. So, Maybe I'm not a ballerina, but I know how to teach and I know how it should be. And that's why I was like, I never thought that I was so happy to have my own uh, ballet class with 15 students, teenagers. But I, I feel again, that's my like family because we are laughing, we're doing stuff, we're learning uh, and I'm, I'm seeing they're growing and it makes me really happy. I never thought that I would be happy to teach belly class because I, I used to be always like, I have to do belly class and that's it. Like I'm going to concentrate on my body and that's it. I'm not going to teach belly class. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's interesting. And it's also very cool, uh, you know, to hear about this uh, sense of, uh, family that you found there like yeah. a new small family yeah. and the sense of community and like those moments of happiness you know like even to get distracted like in dance class yeah. to laugh to see students growing that's really really great mm -hmm. and uh, uh this is the contrast i guess the reality of all Ukrainian dancers that it's like oh dance is uh, okay we can dance about some sad and uh, mm -hmm. tough things but also dance has a happy side of it uh, wanting mm -hmm. or not <laughs> and at the same time like the reality of life so it's like this ongoing contrast uh, happening at the same time and when I was uh, thinking about our upcoming uh, interview, although it's a free-flow conversation, but I kind of like, okay, let me browse, research to see. And then I found one interview that you did earlier. And in that interview, it was a printed interview, uh, like the text interview. And uh, you said that dance sets us free from language. In terms of you were talking about that through movement, it's easier to express as well as easier to process like emotions or thoughts, etc. Yes. And uh, I would, would like to 
ask you in uh, thinking about the current situation this last seven eight months as well as literally like these days uh, because as you mentioned like we are recording it's october 11th so october 10 was already a really stressful mm-hmm. day for all ukraine we'll see today or upcoming the interview will be released in a few weeks so also by that time we'll see what's going on but in terms of this like current situation of seven eight months personally for you not as a teacher but as a dancer Mm-hmm. which is a separate thing. Did dance help you to process emotions or thoughts? Or did you feel sort of resistant to dance? Because many Ukrainian dancers actually stopped dancing or they stopped for a long, long time and only now trying to come back. So for you, not as a teacher, but as a dancer yourself, was dance helpful or it was another point of sort of resistance, emotional resistance? Okay, so I'm going to answer, I'm going to give a big answer for this question because um, I will say that I will start from the beginning after like the war started. I was driving to Spain and in Spain, I think for two months, I couldn't dance because I was so in stress that my body just had fever each day, like fever till 38 i had fever each day and you know all these pills didn't work i just had fever i couldn't dance i couldn't you know even get out of my bed but then step by step i just realized that i have to push myself to do something physically and because you know otherwise i'm gonna just literally lying on the bed and just slowly dying actually and I pushed myself to do a little of exercises a little bit of dance I didn't want to but you know actually when I started to do the practice again step by step and then I was invited by Julia Farid to teach uh, like in Ukrainian workshops like Ukrainian dancers and I had to prepare myself I had to prepare a workshop um, for the students, and then I was asked also um, by Natasha Gontisharenka to teach for her students in Zaporizhia, and like it forced me to dance again. And you know what? I felt relieved. I felt like yes, dance is my like safe place to have a therapy because it, it saved me for many many years. I mean, dancing, it's my therapy. And it saved me again when the war started. And it actually, you know, step by step, in three months, the fever was gone. In four months, I could return to my practice to teach regular classes, to give again private classes. And I started to feel happy again, like more or less. And the summer was pretty stable emotionally. And, but for example, yesterday I felt really down after this strike attack with the missiles. I, of course, I, I canceled my class for Ukrainian students, of course, because it was pretty dangerous. And I think emotionally they were very stressed, but what I did, like I I said to myself, okay, okay, I have to dance it out. I just turn on the music. I started to dance. I started, you know, just to be in the flow and yes i felt you know relieved relieved so for me dance is like a pill 
I, I can't stop dancing because I'm feeling like it's my only one way right now to keep myself stable emotionally, more or less. So for me, it's the answer is 100%. It, it's helping me to, you know, overcome. And you know what? I, I just so like I'm following, of course, other my dance colleague and they they posted something like, you know, they're gonna win, like the Russian win, if they're gonna break our spirit, if we are going to stop be happy, if we are going to stop to dance, to love what we are we love to do. So we have to, you know, we have to keep going in this. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I I can agree with this because they like if they're gonna like break our spirit, like oh I'm, I cannot dance, like I won't be able to dance again, that's mean they somehow for them the victory but if we are keeping dancing you know to be happy to try to overcome all this and be who we are i think it's like they're not gonna break us <laughs> in this way that's a beautiful also angle to see it in point of view like which is not even the point of view it's actually true <laughs> although it's a point of view but it's kind of like fact it's one of those like uh statements that are so true and it's another like you know beautiful reminder because with every conversation so far that we have released quite a few like, interviews with Ukrainian mm-hmm. dancers after the beginning mm-hmm. of war and every time this topic comes up this contrast of like going through all these things and trying to keep dancing and before why it caught my attention right now also like this from your perspective like this to put it around because before it was uh, more like oh for Especially for, in this case, I would put foreign audience in terms of non-Ukrainian audience uh, who is listening to us right now, as well as who is watching uh, Instagram stories or posts of Ukrainian dancers. Before we were reminded that, oh, if you see someone's dancing, it's not a signal that everything is okay. It's just a signal that the person is trying to keep up with normal life and trying to process emotions. Exactly, exactly. But what you're adding, it's another layer. It's kind of another... Um, I guess, method of resistance to this Mm -hmm. war and not giving up and not giving any extra inch of life, of personal Mm -hmm. life, artistic life to... I don't know how to call uh, <laughs> Russian army. Don't want to swear right now on the podcast, okay. but but I think everyone understood and got uh, the meaning. So it's kind of the way to um, protest, not protest, because it's not a protest. It's literally resistance to oppressors and o- o- occupants um, to this terrible occupation and war which is going on. Uh, so thank you for bringing also this element. <laughs> it's really beautiful. <laughs> but dance in general, it's actually a very big li- uh, part of your life. Uh, and it yeah. has been for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You actually kind of decided to go more into serious professional dancing when you were very young. Yeah, I can tell you this very interesting story <laughs> when I realized I want to be a dancer like a professional dancer so first of all I think how I started to do belly dance um, maybe it's a common for many people in like during my 
kid age because I saw a TV series, El Clon, maybe you know. El Clon, yeah. Huh? Yes, and I saw how the main hero was um, Hirina, um, was dancing, belly dance, and I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. Like, I love the music. I love everything. You know, I was attracted to Middle Eastern, like Oriental things from the childhood and Indian things. I was like... I like all these jewelries, all this, you know, makeup, all these, you know, outfits, the music, like when they do oriental um, rifles, like riffs uh, in the music. I love it. I love this style, like Darbuka style, like, I don't know, play me anything, <laughs> Middle Eastern oriental music. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to melt down. Really, it was from the, from the childhood. And my friends, my actually classmate, she she also was watching them this TV series, and she said, "Alisa, I found belly dance classes. We should go." And so I started to do belly dance classes, and you know what? I was absolutely untalented there. I couldn't do anything. Like my body was so stiff, like I couldn't control it. And even that was my first teacher, Alina Khrushcheva. Uh, you know her, Alina Khrushchev. She also, she, uh, Natalia Boyka is her mm-hmm. student and Ola Seymour is her student. Yeah, and I'm her student. Uh, and she told me, like, oh, in 10 years, she told me the truth. I thought, you're never going to dance, Alisa. <laughs> because you were absolutely, like, you, you couldn't do anything. It, it's the truth. But I loved it so much. And for the first time in my life, when I was a kid, I, you know, I started to want to improve something. Like, for example, I saw this movement, I took it into my home and I had a big mirror and I started to repeat it, trying to do something. And then I asked my mom if I can have a private class with my belly dance teacher. And she said, she was so surprised. And she said, like, Alisa, I understand to have private class with English teacher. I understand to have private class with math teacher, but belly dance teacher I said please mom it's like very important for me and she said all right if you want if it will make you happy so I started to have private classes with Alina and I continue to go to the group um and you know the most I think um breaking thing that pushed me forward is that I started to see the results that I started to control my body I started to move uh, like my movements improved and I wanted more you know I wanted more I, I saw the results and one day I saw Rachel Bryce on YouTube I just I was totally my mind was blew away I was like what is that what is this like I've never seen such such things before it's something interesting and from this point I think I had a thought like if I could like only dance 10% as her I would be the happiest person in the world I, I just I just I, I think I want to be like her like you know professional dancer to dedicate my life to this to you know to yeah I want to be a dancer and I came next day to Alina and I said I want to be a dancer professional dancer and she said okay so let's work and that's how I start you know to step by step continue to dance I copied YouTube videos of Rachel Bryce because we didn't have you know any other resources and at those time 
tribal fusion that how we called it and it was like a universal name of this style it was just appearing in ukraine like nobody knew what is what was that and okay i will say right now a big thank thanks to my parents because they supported me they never said to me oh you have you know to think like more clearly dance to be a dancer is not not good stuff like you have to go to um, a normal university normal college thanks god um my parents supported me and they paid me all the my workshops my first workshops that i had with all the teachers and i used to take all the workshops that i saw in classical belly dance like all all the workshops that i saw not only tribal fusion all and you know i just um yeah that's how i was for first three four years and i still like if i have an opportunity to learn to take something new you know to study i of course i'm i'm going to take these classes and i'm going to take this opportunity because i think you have to keep going keep learning or you know exploring new things through your life always i actually was about to ask how did your parents react so you you message about it you you mentioned about your teacher's reaction that you're like okay let's work uh, but mm-hmm. i was actually curious to ask okay and how was your parents reaction when you such a young age said i want to be a professional belly dancer or dancer in general <laughs> but you kind of already answered but i also have a, another like question to it mm-hmm. you are also very strong in or you had a strong training in jazz mm-hmm. and other contemporary styles so mm-hmm. where did that come from for you was it before belly dance was it after belly dance that you started getting in just because you even won a very important competition challenge the challenge, yeah, challenge. Yes, twice <laughs> it was a really unexpected but i will tell you how it happened uh, so basically when i started to do belly dance i was so like when i started i realized i want to be a professional dancer i i realized that i want to learn everything what is possible in dance so i started to t- oh, first of all i started to do yoga uh, i started to take belly classes because my teacher alina told me that you know to be a beautiful belly dancer you need to have a beautiful feet of course like you know beautiful legs as well arms and belly will help you so and i started to do belly class but you know as uh, I was so obsessed with everything that I started to do a very you know like a deep belly practice like almost like a ballerina practice because it was like not enough for me I want I, I told my belly teacher and she was a professional ballerina and she still is I said I want more I want more but she said like why do you need this I said because you know I'm feeling like I want to for example the bar work the arms the jumps like we don't need the jumps in <laughs> belly jumps in uh, belly dance but I was like I, I want to learn I want to learn and actually belly always was uh, on the right hand with the belly dance in my life and when I entered like when I got into College of Art, 
and culture in Kiev, I realized that, oh my God, I have to learn more and practice more jazz, contemporary and ballet because I felt a real huge gap between my colleagues who've been trained in jazz and contemporary and ballet since the childhood and me who was mostly trained in belly dance and a little bit in belly. I realized that I just need, you know, to to catch up with them and it was a challenge for me uh to just you know run after them because their body was prepared for everything they we had in classes and for me it was something new and that's how i started to train myself more in jazz more in contemporary i started to take uh private classes with the contemporary teachers and jazz teachers and my teachers were Irina Plotnikova, Kristina Shishkaryova from Tatem dance, yeah. And Anya Gerus uh, and many, many others. And I just, you know, I felt uh, this is time for me to learn something new, to learn contemporary and modern because I, I didn't want to feel like I'm the last, you know, I'm honestly the worst in the group. I wanted to take to catch up and I trained myself and I actually, you know, I got, um, that's what I heard that I got one of the best students in my group. And that's when my teacher said, it's time to go to the competition. And I'm like, what? And they said, yes, there is going to be like a huge Ukrainian competition. You have to sign up. And I remember my words to my teacher, to Irina Plotnikova, I said to her, you know what? Tomorrow is the day of competition. And if I'm going to take the last place, I'm still going to be very happy because it's going to be my first time dancing contemporary on the stage before I danced only fusion belly dance. And I remember that these words that I said, like, if I'm going to be the last, I'm going to be still happy. And somehow, you know, I just, I realized that, um, I just, what what else? On the stage, I just need to relax and just to enjoy my performance. And very, very surprisingly for me, I got the first place. <laughs> it was really a surprise for me. And the next year as well, I, I, like I had Shishkarova uh, choreograph me a jazz um, piece and I got first place. And I think the most surprisingly first place that I had ever in my life, it was in Italy four years ago. I choreographed by myself a contemporary piece. And it was American competition, the world dance movement, which was held in Italy and also signed for competition as a contemporary professional dancer. And I danced and in the end I got the first place and I was like, blown away like wow how is it possible because you know americans were crazy with their technique but you know i always try not only to to catch with you know to catch audience with my technique but also the story that i want to tell you maybe sometimes very simple movement like lifting your hand can be more have more words than you know doing five periods and jumping into like minus split. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
And you actually managed to incorporate Fusion Belly Dance elements into your jazz performances. We often talk about bringing elements into belly dance or even specific in Fusion Belly Dance style. Mm -hmm. But here we have a contemporary jazz performances and you're trying to incorporate belly dance element into that. Yes, yes, I did. I think it was like, uh, I didn't do it on purpose. It just happened because, you know, my basic is a belly dance. So, you know, I, I was trained with these arms and they just, you know, when I'm dancing contemporary, they just appear. They just appear. I cannot change them. For example, I remember I asked my jazz teacher, what is wrong? What is wrong with my, like, I'm doing everything in jazz class. And she said, like, you're doing, but it's totally different. Like, it's not the right thing. Like, oh, my God. Like, and that's why... You know, I just stopped struggling with this. Like, I'm okay. I just should ex accept myself that, like, yeah, if I'm going to force myself, you know, to do this, I can do this. But maybe I should just free my body. And if I want to do this, it's okay. That's, yeah, that's how some belly dance movements, arms 100% um, came to my jazz technique and contemporary technique. You mentioned that you have um, you mentioned that you have a higher education in dance uh, mm -hmm. as a choreographer. I have a similar experience because I also have a higher education and I went there as a belly dancer. Like, okay, I want a dance mm -hmm. degree, but I want for dance belly dance career. And mm -hmm. I personally have like, some days I was like, okay, that was helpful. I would not be able to create this or that if I didn't go through university. Mm -hmm. But there are other days that I kind of feel like almost like regret and like, ah, it was not worth spending that much time on high university for belly dance career specifically. How do you feel about it? <laughs> yes. Um, to be honest, for belly dance career, it's better to make our education, like, how would you say in English, not to be present there. But, you know, for example, you're doing education, distance education, if you can say this. Like, coming only for the exams. Or ah, for okay. One. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, online uh, education in terms of, like, actual in-person university education. That's what you mean? Yes, yes. I think it's better for, like, if you're aiming just belly dance, it's better to have, like, this kind of edu education and at, at, at the same time go to different festivals, taking classes with different um, belly dance gurus, gurus, taking parts in festivals, again, uh, <laughs> repeating myself, competitions. I think, personally, it's better for belly dance career, but if you, for example... Why I didn't have many choice because my parents were supportive, but they uh, like they said only only one condition <laughs> that I have to be present in my college, like I have to attend all the classes, and I had no choice. And um, then my priorities changed a little bit. I wanted to be more in contemporary, in modern, in ballet, and actually being there helped me to make connections. Um, help me to communicate with the people, for example, how to choreograph, how to say five dancers to do this, to do this, how organize them, and uh, of course how to you know catch up fast 
um, dance pieces in the group. So it really helped me to develop, I think, dance brain. But um, of course, even for contemporary and modern dancers, sometimes the classes were like, ah, oh, it's a waste of time. Or for example, we used to have a huge breaks between classes, three hours, four, uh, four hours, two hours of nothing, just being in there, uh, eating or drinking coffee, and waiting for the next class for me it was uh, a huge pain because I'm very you know I don't like to waste my time I just love when everything is more or less organized you know to control my time and just doing nothing talking like talking but you know just spending wasting your time to for you know to wait for the next class it felt really not productive for me mm-hmm. so but yeah, um, as I said before, for belly dancers, like if they want to be only belly dancer and to continue with belly dance career, but at the same time to have a degree, I think it's better to do this like distance education in universities. And it's very interesting and tricky to talk about uh, distance education in dance field, like you know, like. Uh... Yeah, it's different. It's yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's different. But you know, to um, to be able to do distance um, education, you have to know the basement, for example, of belly. You can do like belly education if you know nothing in belly. You have to have something, you know, behind your shoulders, and the same goes with contemporary and modern because. Um, some teachers, I think you know, in ballet, they don't show you. They just show you and saying the term like tendu, batman tendu, batman jete, and you you should know what it is because you enter the College of Art as a dancer and you're supposed to be, you know, a dancer already. It mm-hmm. just you know, upgrade your status. Yeah, but I think if uh, it depends on the goal of why even considering the dance degree. Uh, I don't know. I came up with a personal like idea, like oh, if you just want to be a ballet dance teacher mm-hmm. and performer, you don't even need really to consider degree necessarily. No, but no, no. maybe if you want to go beyond just ballet dance, not necessarily to work, but to understand and go maybe for. Uh, some other bigger, uh, not bigger even, but more complex dance professions, I don't know, choreography, working in theater, staging productions, maybe then dance degrees are useful. But then in terms of going for dance degree for practical knowledge of dance, I kind of feel like that uh, it it kind of requires more in-person presence because if you need to gain physical skills, you need to do the practice. And on yeah. your own, it's it's a bit more difficult, but it also depends on the specific which dance degree and for which purpose. Is it more mm-hmm. theory research? Is it more I don't know choreography and maybe? But if it's like for practical skills, it's still it all depends on the goals. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. you even uh, answered more clearly than I tried. <laughs> no, no. I think we're on the same page. <laughs> yes, on the same page. Your dance style, you very often mentioned that you kind of got involved uh, uh, and fell in love also with jazz, contemporary, and you mix a lot. And uh, uh, we also had 
so I can describe your style as a fusion in general by, by the essence of it. But we also prior to recording this conversation, we had a brief chat that you mentioned that there is also changes in terminology of like the dance style, which is your major dance style, that now it's like not really using the tribal dance style name, but more going to the fusion dance style name. And uh, I would like to ask you to clarify a little bit, because not all of our audience is like, you know, hardcore tribal or fusion dancers. There are, uh, many of them are just in belly dance field, but it's very useful and uh, important to understand and know what is happening in each subfield of belly dance world and uh, I would appreciate if you can clarify like what is called what and why this transition is happening in terminology. Yeah, so all, as you know, tribal fusion, American tribal style, all these styles came from America. Carolina Naricchio, Rachel Bryce, Zoe Jakes, Marty Love were the pioneers of this style and they call it tribal fusion. But Nowadays, it also, uh, the changes became from them, from these gurus uh, and from America. So right now, they try to call this style not tribal fusion, but fusion belly dance. Because in America, like, um, there is this thing, culture appropriate, appropriation. Uh, and it became a little bit appropriation yeah sorry uh it became um like a huge theme and they try to use fusion validates because the word tribal is a little bit offensive in american language and they try not to offend anyone and i know in europe they still use tribal and in um, many different um countries, tribal fusion, but, you know, as I was told, if you want, you know, to be kind to Americans as well and to be, you know, more neutral, it's better to use fusion belly dance because, you know, right now, and I think, honestly, for me, it's um, not because of this, but because I started to do more of fusion, really, belly dancing, more between classical and what it used to be tribal fusion dance and putting some of my elements like Indian classical dance. So I think for me, fusion dance is uh, even match more with my style than tribal fusion dance. So, but honestly, it's a huge topic to talk about um, this thing. Why is everything changes and why they're trying to change the names. But, um, yeah, it's coming from America, so not to call tribal fusion belly dance, and but call it fusion belly dance. Yeah, because tribal, as you know, it's like tribal, like tribal people, and because Americans, honestly, they, I think, offended Native Americans tribal. Um, yes, so it's a huge story. It's not touching us, you know, but um, because we're not Americans, <laughs> we didn't do this thing, but I think because this style came from America and uh, the crea creators like Rachel Bryce, Marty Labs, OJ, Carolina Enrico, they want to make it more correctly, you know, not to name it tribal. Uh, I'm feeling respectful 
to them and that's why I I think it's a good thing to call it fusion belly dance but you know it's up to everyone I think tribal fusion belly is also good like it's not like nothing is bad I'm just explaining what is going on in the world why it's it's suddenly like huge uh, gurus started to call it fusion belly dance and for example Carolina Carolina Enriquez stopped call it American tribal style she started to call it fat chance belly dance style but I know some people continue to call it ATS American tribal style and it's good like nothing is bad it also depends uh, uh, I mean from different cultural backgrounds or even in different countries even with the general name is it belly dance or is it oriental dance or is it mm-hmm. Raksharkia? In some countries it will be, oh, belly dance is normal because oriental dance is offensive. And another you go to another region, no, yes. oriental dance is more appropriate because belly dance is offensive. And it's very important to dig dive and to try to mm-hmm. find, okay, what is uh, the proper yeah. name mm-hmm. in every, like in belly dance or with uh, fusion or tribal fusion. Uh, but it also, uh, of course, depends on the meaning that person gets into the world. So if someone just says, like, I don't know, using belly dance or oriental dance, it's not necessarily that it's automatically offensive because the person may come from different country they may not have those kind of discussions they may not put uh, any like meaning but at the same time it's important to keep these discussions alive to hopefully in the future find some terminology that would represent a dance correctly mm-hmm. not uh, uh, mistaking it or not confusing like oh it's like in this in this sense i assume it's yeah. the oh, tribal fusion so it's the dance of tribal uh, yes, people yes. but then it's like not exactly or i would say yes. quite not yes. exactly so it's important but it's also these conversations about terminology trying to find the balance and it's also important why i asked you uh for people to understand what is what because we hear many new names or um, like ATS, mm-hmm. then tribal, tribal fusion, fusion, mm-hmm. uh, experimental, there are many, many different other names and some people may think, oh, it's all new different styles, every year it's like, you know, a new style arrives and uh, that's why it's important to clarify like, oh, sometimes it is a new style, a new change, a new like, you know, chain or branch of something and sometimes it's just the attempts of trying to find uh, proper terminology to really represent dance without connecting it to something that it's not really connected to let's say yes exactly yes yes i was actually thinking like why do we call it tribal fusion belly dance like (laughs) yeah i had these thoughts and it was like for example when i put uh indian fusion uh belly dance on youtube orepia to orepia music i put it first tribal fusion belly dance and i got very many questions from indian people like why is it tribal why is it tribal and i'm like okay and some people were like gave a response like because it's a tribal fusion uh it's coming from this style and she added some indian that's why it calls tribal fusion Indian style, but for, you know, for common people who are not in this circle of tribal fusion and belly dance, it sounds weird, right? Like tribal fusion belly dance. 
That's why I think, like, for me personally, what I'm doing, it's more appropriate to call it fusion romance or Indian fusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel more comfortable, actually. And with your styles and activities right now, so I know you're teaching classes in Spain and not only uh, fusion ballet dance classes, but also ballet classes and some other activities. Mm. But I also know that you are teaching online and you have a Patreon account. So can you Mm -hmm. tell our listeners more about where they can uh, find out more about you, where they can study with you and how they can actually support you even, uh, even further? on this road <laughs> so I have a patreon and um, I have many many videos there and um, many choreographies there and also I have you know plans huge plans uh, for November to film new series of um, patreon videos and also to make um, separate packages intensives um, and different levels to you know so people can choose and for right now yes you can find me on patreon i also um, i have a goal to teach uh, online zoom classes for foreigners because i asked like are you interested and i got replies yes 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 and i i'm thinking to do it as well and yeah i also you can dm me um and ask me for private classes i also teach private classes and what is the best uh, social media to contact you via instagram (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can also reach me through facebook but you know mostly sometimes i cannot see the messages like if i'm not a friend with this person uh, it's hard but instagram i know it's the same but at least i can see like inbox mm-hmm. yeah well i will definitely include a link uh, to your social media and to your patreon account you. in the show notes so all our listeners you can find uh, uh, there how easily connect with our awesome uh, guest today and i Before I ask one more question and let you afterwards go (laughs) proceed with your day, rest of your day, but I would like once again to thank you for sharing your time and sharing your story today with us. I really appreciate and I wish you good luck with with many things, with settling and finding taste and uh, moments of happiness in Spain. I, of course, wish all of us uh, soon victory of Ukraine so we all can yes. come back to our senses, uh, lifestyles and homes. And uh, I wish you good luck with all your upcoming projects, uh, current and upcoming projects. And uh, looking forward to seeing the new chapters in your dance and fusion belly dance careers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And to summarize our interview, I want to ask you one more question, which is a traditional question of our podcast. So Mm -hmm. I ask it every single guest, regardless of what we talked. And today it will be about fusion ballet dance. But if you feel like you can expand it to ballet dance in general. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what makes you fall in love with fusion ballet dance style again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years? I think uh, it just 
dedication, dedication to this, uh, yeah, to this art. Like I dedicated myself, you know, I've been dancing more than 10 years. It's a, I think it's like a long relationship. It's not like always happy, 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 happy. You have, you know, down and ups, downs and ups, because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to, you know, I had, I had no inspiration. I don't want to dance, but you know, I have to, but actually, you know, when I'm coming back each time, I'm feel I'm in my comfortable zone. Zone. I'm feeling like ah, that's like this style of dance, very free. I mean, you can express yourself so freely, and I feel so comfortable. And it actually heals, and it's my I connected to my spiritual development. That's why I'm always coming back because when I'm working with my body, when I'm doing this art, I'm feeling like, oh, I'm going like somehow my life becomes better. Like somehow I'm working not only on my body, but also on my inner side and every stuff in my life by doing this form. That's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and before you leave, don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends. The more people get inspired, the better it is for our dance community. Until next time, keep shimming and see you soon. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.